Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action Podcast, episode 87. This is the 18th episode of season three. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast, the Side Action Pod, on Twitter and also on YouTube. So, Action, we, you know, we've got, obviously, a special guest here. We'll introduce him in a minute. Um, how, was your, how was your week? How was your weekend? We obviously finished up week 17. We did really well in the contest. Too bad it was a little too little too late. Yeah, a great weekend for me, despite a pretty large loss on Clemson in the national semifinal on Friday. I still yep. killed it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Very positive outcome for my bankroll. So nice. it was enjoyable. Stayed in most of the time, as per usual. But how about <laughs> oh. you? I did have another date. Uh, I went Ooh. to a rooftop place, Jay Parker. A really nice spot. It's got a retractable roof, so it's glass. So the date can feel warm, but you can still meet the guidelines of COVID. So pretty good. Uh, other than that, I did also – I forgot I got drunk at the Four Shadows again. But that was Saturday. Um, and, of course, uh, Art – Art Murphy, you know, Art, you know, he's Optimus Prime. He did not make it. Uh, Artemis Prime did not make it out. Shocker. So I had to drink by myself. But Damn. I met some new friends and uh, had a good time with the guys, Matt and uh, Rob over there. So. So times. I have a question about the retractable roof. Does it go back and forth throughout the night, or is it like partially open? What's the protocol? No, it's oh, it's actually completely closed right now. Okay. Uh, they just they have it for the summer. I'm sure it's open. They did have some doors open, I see. so there were there were some pure outdoor seating with some like you know fire pits or something, but we were actually inside and they they had us seated kind of at the perimeter of the glass area and I think they had windows spaced out. I think it has to be within 25 feet of the open you know window or whatever. So it's a nice setup though, really good place, really pretty view of Lincoln Park. So it's it's at the Hotel Lincoln, mm-hmm. so it's on top of um, you know, top of Lincoln Park there. So really yeah. nice. Great date so, spot for sure. Nice hey, choice. Trying to trying to impress once in a while. So hey, let's get to the main act here. We uh, we've got a buddy here of mine who's on today, and just to let you know, outside of obviously our contest that we've done uh, with Circa, I've done the ATS against the spread contest for I don't know five seven years now, and my buddy uh, Jim Don and we just call him Don and has run this pool for many years. And it seems over the last couple of years, the guy's figured it out. He's three years running champ, even if I was up most of the year. And then all of a sudden, slowly Donnan catches you up. He, he kind of catches from behind. He's got an alt style. So I thought I'd get him on here. Uh, I wanted to introduce him, and maybe he can show us what the, the mastery of winning this, this pool. I mean, it's only like 10 guys, but still, I mean, it's hard to win a pool back-to-back-to-back to back to back like that. So, Mr. Donnan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, you guys. I um. Yeah, as, as, as far as my weekend went, it was very much uh, nervously waiting for Sunday, nervously waiting for the Bears game. But then, of course, going into the weekend, I had to hopefully get the, the third year in a row. So, yeah, it was a uh, nervous weekend, but, you know, did all the research. So 
You know, and more importantly, you beat Schwa. That's the most important thing here. You beat Schwa. That's all that be, matters. You'd be amazed at the amount of uh, hope there was of, you know, you got to beat him. <laughs> wow, so. three years in a row. I hadn't heard that part of the story. That's pretty epic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was um, the, the the first year, took second, uh, took second, took second, took second, <laughs> got killed, got killed. And then something clicked in my head and then uh, uh, did pretty well. And actually, and actually, you know, year one, year two, I usually do kind of get a lead mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of try to sustain the rest of the, the rest of the year. This year I was in last place at one point. Wow. Mm-hmm. That made me uh, extra nervous uh, going week to week. But I was just trying to take little bites as the weeks went along and um, even made a spreadsheet. Yeah. Track. Yes, I was in last place. Uh, week six or seven or something like that. Well, so. and like two years ago, Don, and I mean, I track this. Of course, that's what I do. I track stuff. But like two years ago, this guy in the he, we have to pick. And, and just so everybody knows for this against the spread pool, it's pick every game against the spread. They're static lines. They do have a hook in every in every one. And they are set on Tuesday. So they're set very early. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can benefit you. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I would say on average, you know, the, the book usually comes out even with a static line about 50-50, maybe, maybe a little under 50% if you picked all favorites. Two years ago or maybe last year, Donna was 57%. I mean, he crushed it. I mean, wow. he, he beat people by about 12 picks. I think it was two years ago, Donna. Yeah. And so it's not like it's magic here. I think you've got something going, so that's why we wanted you on the pod. Yeah. Yeah, so did you – let's – I just wanted to kind of go through – Yeah. Kind of just a. I go to two sites. I, I live on one. I check another one a little bit, but just kind of wanted to walk through sure. a little bit of the logic that I use to to to, to get through it. Yeah, even sure. Before, even before I get to the before I get to the uh, the website, mm-hmm. or like early in the year, the website that I go to, you know, we don't we don't have any stats. We don't have any kind of information for me to start kind of trying to fly through. I really yeah. kind of just rely on one magazine. I try to read the magazine as much as I can, get, you know, a little bit of background information on everyone, check for injuries, anything, you know, new online. But for like week one, week two, week three, I'm really kind of just relying on that, that first piece of information from the book. And then, and then just try to keep looking at the, the stats that are on there. So let me, let's uh, try sharing the screen, see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Even more impressive that you pick all games every week. I mean, the one advantage we have as betters is being able to be selective, pick a handful. Well, and what I was talking to Wags about was I would have a really, I would have a really hard time trying to select five games. Mm -hmm. I would, I really like, I don't have accounts yet. Um, Like literally this is kind of the one that I do, but it's, it's trying to pick all those games that I really enjoy. Cause I know there'd be one game where I would like regret not picking that one. So I'd have, I'd have a really hard time not picking every game. Yeah. Right. So. It is challenging. We usually get down, you don't listen to the podcast that much Donna, but we, we usually around seven, eight games and we kind of pare it down to the five. It is, it, it does come down. We, this year we started ranking the games, you know, what's our top pick down to five to try to, you know, kind of figure out if we're we're on the right track because it isn't. You know, it's a sci- it's an art and a science at the same time. So yeah, you know. I don't want to 
skew myself on how you might pick. And, you know, I'm trying to chase you all year long. So. Yeah. I, actually did, I actually did see one where he, uh, on the, um, it was like Colts plus three and a half. I'm like, I bet he goes Colts three and a half. Must be. <laughs> like, so that was all part of it of, uh, I can't, uh, skew my head. So yeah, let me, uh, all right, here, let me try the, uh, share the screen. So like I said, I go through the uh, two weeks and then, uh, three weeks. So then, so the site nice can you see anything yeah 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 we see pro football reference yep this this is honestly where i live okay this is the um you know like you said we get we get the uh the the message of here's this here's the point spreads and i'm going i this is this is my go-to so what i normally do is i try to just from that week two, week three, week you know, week four, I start looking at okay, if it's going to be, um, you know, Buffalo versus you know Miami or whatever, I try to. But I'm, I first go into every, I go into whatever team the game is, mm-hmm. and then I'm just I'm going to keep pointing out like where my eye goes. First thing I'm always I'm trying to look at is okay, we know we have an idea of what the teams are supposed to be. I kind of have an idea of how I think the game is going to go. I just I try to go into this to try to remove all that, you know, bias in anything. I'm trying to just look at the stats and, and see what they say. So in this mm-hmm. case, the first place I look is I'm looking at the points for or points against. You know, what kind of team is this? I'm glancing at, okay, they're second in the league. Here's the points of what, of what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And also just keep in mind, I am – I don't, it's it's not like I can just jump into this in week eight. I really think this is a process of because I'm looking at this from the beginning of the year and all the information that I go through. Right. Looking at that right, looking at that throughout the year, you start seeing things and start uh, understanding trends as you're just trying to compile the information into your head as I'm going through this. Okay. So looking at that, that's like the first glance. Let me know if it's like really hard to see or anything like that. But then I look down here and I'm looking at okay, we already saw where the uh, offense and defense rank, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at where they rank with yards and the points. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of gliding through here, saying okay, so here we are. Okay, they're okay, you know, great offense, more about passing, you know, less about running. So I'm really starting. To, I'm staring at this. I'm staring at, um, you know, per attempt. Okay. Looking at yards per yards per attempt there, mm-hmm. and just getting trying to feel for what you know what the team is. And those right, are rushing. those are yeah. uh, passing yards per attempt. It looks like and rushing yards per attempt. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking. So I'm looking at that and just kind of seeing where they rank. And then later on, I'll kind of go into so a little bit of things that can be misleading. So I'm looking at this. You see the you know. There's a ton of attempts. Yards are okay. Um, yards per attempt. This is what scared me all year about the Bills. Mm-hmm. Is about their how they are against the run. If someone tried running the ball against them, um, you know what the issues could be. Plus, they had some injuries with the linebackers early on in the year, where I thought they'd be better and they weren't doing as well. But like, like Jonathan, time. someone like Jonathan Taylor, for example. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You know, there's the there's the stats to look at. There's the 
you know, where they are in, uh, you know, just, just how the, how the team is. The, the other aspect of it is what I've started to notice. And I don't know if, it, if it's just because of how the league has been, because I think it's been difficult to pick games ever since 1999. But what I'm starting to, what I started noticing is what I love having all this information right here is I love the fact that I can just see, okay, um, how did, you know, they, they, they won, lost, lost, won. I'm trying to pick up, there, there, there seems like one or two games. If you play a high energy game, you're not going to do as well the following week. Right. So what I liked about this is it helps me just keep track of, okay, um, let's see, I know they played, um, you know, you're, you're, you're playing the Patriots. you got another, you know, another high energy game that you're playing against the Seahawks. You know, they're pretty jacked up for that. It's going to be pretty difficult now to go on the road and play the Cardinals. So in that sense, I like using this just to see, okay, I keep saying it's like a high energy game. It's hard to keep it up for that many weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. So for something like that, I would look at that and say, okay, they had to they had to spend a lot against a division rival mm-hmm. here against the Patriots. Then they had to go, you know, then they had to play the Seahawks, you know, tough game. And then you, you know, then you're going on the road to play the Cardinals. So in that kind of a thing, that's where I start saying, okay, I know what the stats say. They might be a way better team, but there's also that kind of, hey, you can't, you're not going to sustain every single week to try to, um, you know, be as good of a team as you might be. So that's where this, I love having this information talking about, you know, going week to week to week to see how the games went and um, trying to using that as the, can they, can they keep doing this uh, repeatedly after every week? Yeah. Let the, the class, you're looking for, you're looking for letdown spots. You're like, okay, yeah. it's going to be you know, the, looking for letdowns, looking for the, you know, the trap game. Sure. Type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even, but even so it's, it's, you can be a good team, but it's really hard to do this every single week. So I love, I, I just keeping track of what my thoughts were as I'm, as I'm walking through this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a high energy game. How are they possibly going to do this for another week? And the Steelers, I mean, the Steelers were a good example of that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at that, that, that Cowboys game. Sure. I mean, sure. they were lost that. <laughs> there was Ravens, you know, Titans, Ravens, and then you get to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's pretty hard to do. Yep. Um, so that's it. So that's, you know, kind of this section here that I, I, I take a look at. This is third down conversions. And I'm just trying to get a feel of like, okay, this, you know, this is how they're staying in games. They're doing a good job on third down of seeing, um, of, of getting off the field. So that's, I'm, I'm always, I'm always staring at that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily fourth down, you know, it's rarely. Um, then, then as I'm going through these teams, I go down to defense. And this is what I, this is what I talked about as far as looking at this information from week to week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a couple of spots that I go to. A, just for stats, because I just love it. But I'm usually sorting on um, uh, sacks. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to sort right now. <laughs> no, doesn't want to sort. That's okay. You can normally can sort. Gotcha. So look at sacks. The other one I'm looking at is TFL, tackles for loss. Okay. I'm trying to see who those impact players are. 
Mm-hmm. So if I'm seeing a lot of uh, TFL, you know, as a team, I'm seeing a lot of TFLs. It means are pretty, you know, you're doing a solid job. I'm seeing how the guys, you know, who the guys are that are getting all the TFLs, and then it helps me. Okay, that guy's injured. Oh crap! You know, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with that? Mm-hmm. Also looking at past defended. Okay. So then I'm also so that kind of gives me an idea of like again, what kind of team is this? Um, if this guy gets injured, what kind of impact is that going to be? Because there was there was I don't remember if it was last year or the year before that. Um, Buda Baker. If Buda Baker was not playing, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm picking the Cardinals. <laughs> Simple. So that that was a um, kind of a tell for me. So these defensive metrics you're using to kind of cross-reference against the injury report in most cases to determine if any of their major impact players are sitting? Yeah, just see okay. yeah, if, if, you know, if they ever get hurt, what happens. But also just still kind of giving a, giving a picture in my head of what this team is about. If I'm seeing a ton of guys with TFLs and, um, you know, just playing out of their minds with sacks and getting pressure, then it just kind of tells me, okay, I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm going to roll with this team and I kind of trust what they're, you know, what they're going to be. So it just kind of helps me get a better feel of, cause then I, you know, you start getting, looking at the TFLs then you start going down the rabbit hole of, okay, this guy's been on the team for four years, really understands the system. And then just, then it, then it goes into my head of how I would draft my own team type of stuff. Right. So, um, so how does that factor into the, the spread though, Don? So how are you, you know, obviously you're talking about generally you like a team, you're thinking, okay, they might have a letdown spot at Arizona or something like that. How are you evaluating that against the spreads that come out in the contest? I'm I'm using that as maybe not even with covering or whatever. Just like, is it is this team going to be up for this game? Like in that example of you know you know carrying it over. Sure. I'm doing this. I'm doing this just to kind of get a. I'm collecting all. I'm trying to collect all this information. Mm-hmm to get a feel for what the team is because then it's going to carry over from week to week to week for me to get an understanding of what it is or what kind sure. of team this is. The teams you trust more as it goes on are given a certain spot. Yeah. Just, and just seeing how they play and um, based on how I'm, how, how things go here. Mm-hmm. So, um, so once I start, you know, start getting, I continually go through, see where the stats are. Um, then I do a lot of going into uh, the actual um, defensive stats. And, you, and this is still on Pro Football Reference. You're going yeah. just for listeners, going to the defensive stats section. You're doing it by team. Team defense. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this is this is all team defense. You know, like before and and then like I, I did show you guys the defense and looking at TFLs and looking at the pass defended. I do sort on the you know running backs, see what the right wide, wide receivers are doing, who you know yards per catch and how they you know how they're playing their game again, just to just to confirm to know okay this is what I think I'm seeing the team doing. This is what the stats are showing. You know where is that all coming from? And it's all kind of just trying to collect it in my, in my head and make these decisions as far as, you know, how I'm going to pick a team. So when I come into the, when I come in here, well, of course, it still doesn't want to sort for me. So what, <laughs> what, I, so what I'm looking at here is I might be, I might be, uh, <laughs> I might be showing like, okay, I'm going against the Buccaneers. 
you know, Buccaneers are playing the uh, uh, Redskins. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at, okay, this yards per play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, I'd sort on yards per play. I'm trying to get a feel for, okay, we know it's a good defense. You might, what, what, what can happen is, okay, you have a great yards per attempt, mm-hmm. you know, on defense, or you have a, actually, you might have a terrible yards per attempt on for your rushing defense, but that's because you're say the uh, chiefs and you're ahead, you know, and the only runs you're giving up are um, a draw at the end yeah. of a game. If someone's trying to get a first down. So sure. I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead through the information of saying, okay, you know, they're, they're, they're bad there, but there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Buccaneers are just incredible for the last two years uh, against the rush. And that's just period. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good. Even when the big, their big defensive tackle went down, they've kind of yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. So that, that was the thing. So I'm trying to go through there and, trying to make sure that the stats that I'm seeing make sense. So like, like I said, with, you know, Packers might be terrible it runs, runs against, which they actually are. Um, but I'm trying to see if there's a reason behind it and you might, and it's kind of the opposite as well. I might be a good team and my yards per attempt may not be that great. Well, the reason why I have great yards per attempt, or I, I don't have good yards per attempt is because I'm just trying to run the clock out at the end of the game and they already know I'm going to run. So I'm trying right. to just take those factors into account to be like, okay, I can I can feel comfortable that they are they are good against the run or they are good at running the ball that the the stats aren't showing that information. So as I'm as I'm going through it throughout the whole year, um, that helps me. So that's just I'm, I like to have the yards the total yards per attempt for the defense and then just kind of seeing what the passing and rushing information is. Okay. And is this a process that you would go through for every matchup every yeah. week? Yeah, I'm clicking. Okay. I'm clicking for every game, and I'm and I'm talking as I'm going through this. But you know, my eyeballs go into certain spots when I'm looking at the individual teams, and it actually sorts. Not in this computer for some reason, but it normally sorts. <laughs> Maybe um, this, yeah, doing something, yeah. So kind of the example I was going to give you guys is uh, if I could have sorted this. So this is just another one of the defense stats. So the team advanced stats that they're showing on pro football reference. Uh Down here it's showing a blitz percent. Mm -hmm. So there was a game where I was not quite sure how this quarterback was doing it. And shame on me, I can't remember who that quarterback was. Mm -hmm. But what I did was I walked through, and what I started noticing was, okay, this when this this quarterback played – um, when this quarterback played the uh, um, the Colts, okay, he did great. No when this guy when this guy played the Cowboys, he did great. But what I started noticing was he did terrible anytime there's a high blitzing team. Mm-hmm. So okay. when I started when I started walking through that and saying, oh, there's there was a total trend of hey, this guy is terrible. Hmm. Um, it's probably Jared Goff. But uh, <laughs> I really Baker Mayfield comes to mind. Yeah. And shame on me, I, I can't recall who it was. But you know, this—that's the kind of information that I like seeing here, and and what the what the you know, and what they're doing. Now you said there was another site that you used too, and how does that 
Well, yeah, as soon as I in this and that's, you know, that's kind of everything as far as, um, you know, what I look at for the team. I guess the, the other kind of thing I like looking at the last thing on here is um, the injury report. Mm-hmm. So pro football reference injury report shows all those guys every week. So now <laughs> yeah. what this what this is showing me is like, um, what, you know, you know, I gave you the example of a uh, uh, Buda Baker. Mm-hmm. There's a defensive end on the Colts, Autry. He was hurt. Yeah, there he goes. He was out. Hmm. And then once he came back, kind of turned it around. So um, this is nice to be like, oh, they were doing, you know, they were doing, uh, they were doing terrible for a long time. But then, oh, this guy was out. So once that, that once that player comes back in, that's why I like having this chart to show. Sure. You know, someone was out, mm-hmm. and I can pick up. I can I can see where it came from. Now, are you tracking that on a separate spreadsheet of your own, or are you just kind of doing a beautiful mind situation where you're kind of thinking through it and saying, <laughs> okay, the Colts are, you know, they lost these three games with that guy you're talking about, Autry. And now we got him back. I mean, are you tracking it, or are you just kind of putting it all in the in the brain right there? Staring at the screen way too much, you know. <laughs> uh, trying trying to absorb that in. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I, those injury reports are fascinating. Yeah, I like them. You can see the matrix all the way back throughout yeah. the season. I didn't know that. Yeah, existed. That, that, it's it's pretty helpful to see that. Um, so yeah, that's um. You know, that, definitely like that. This is I get I get all those thoughts that you said. Beautiful mind. <laughs> try to try to get everything uh, worked out in my head of how I feel things are going to go based on you know what, what I'm what I'm walking through for each team every week. And then I go to um, let's see. Uh, Vegas Insider. Okay. What I love about uh, Vegas Insider. And this is a free site, Donnan, or you have to pay. Free site. Subscribe. Okay. Yeah, VegasInsider.com. Mm-hmm. What I love about this site is this is, and I usually I don't go here and love uh, got everything in my head, and I kind of need that. Yes, this is <laughs> mm-hmm. move forward with this. Um, you go into odds, you go into matchup. Okay. Betting trend movement. Okay, betting trend movement. Okay. Betting trend movement versus the line. Okay. So what this is doing now is saying, okay, all the money, the early, the early money on this, you know, we're talking about, you know, January, January third, mm-hmm. and forty. Immediately when this point spread of plus seven came out, yep, sixty-one percent of the money started going on the bills minus seven hmm. okay and you can see look at it's you know you start to see like all this money circuits starts, starts uh, getting thrown on there so this mm-hmm. you're seeing 90 percent of the money is getting thrown onto the bills mm-hmm. so what's what the other the, the important part of this, of this is early on this is all the um sharks and yeah sharp money so right. the, the early lines once you start getting down here it's all public, and it all starts, you know, usually flowing to the to the favorite. Mm-hmm. But this is where I go to, you know, this is that other site that I go to to try to decide, 
yeah, that's um, it. May, it's like it reinforces it for me as far as um, what goes on. And it's not perfect. You know, every time you see the Sharks doing that, there were two, there were two games this year where I was like, my jaw dropped with the the Saints Vikings game. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Saints Vikings yep. game, it was like ninety uh, percent of the money. It was it was it was it was way too much on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back and keep staring at things to make sure I didn't I wasn't losing my mind and go with it. So. Um, but you usually follow the money, is what you're saying, though. Uh, try yeah. It, it, it more or less reaffirms what I do. It reaffirms what I do, or I try to go, you know, what did I possibly miss if the if the money, if this was a little bit off? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I, I automatically yeah, change it. I try to find a good reason for keeping it. It was, it was, um, yeah. Yeah. In this case, I mean, you see right away for this game, it opened up at seven. Mm-hmm. And despite majority of those bets landing on the Bills, the odds makers still move the line in favor of the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely weird things that happen. Again, it's it's a weird we're gonna talk about that game in a little bit, so maybe we'll come back to this. But um this is great. So, you know, just so so then obviously what I mean, Steve already referenced it. How long has this process taken you, buddy? <laughs> a while, huh? Two and a half hours. Okay. That's not that bad. No, this is my, uh, you know, lock myself in the office and stare at, <laughs> stare at, and stare at things. And if it's not, and if it's not. I've been doing it for a couple of years, so it's not like it's. Yeah, you know, and, and if it's not two and a half hours, yeah, it could be three hours um, of where I'm, I'm just trying to stare at these things and try to make, see if it makes sense. And and for your contest in particular, when are the picks due? Is it right before game five, time? Five minutes and before. You... Okay. So you're normally doing this on a Sunday morning. You sit down with your coffee and go through yes. the numbers. One hundred percent. Right. So you look at the late late information, and obviously, Steve, you can actually make a pick on Monday night last pick if you want to make, and that's you know hmm. we could talk about that contest another time, but. You know, late in the season, you got to try to figure out what Donnan's not going to do to try to catch him. You know, it's like, sure. that's what I try to do. It's impossible because then I'm like, what? We picked the same again. I got to make up four picks. So, yeah. And a contest of that size, the game theory becomes all more important yes. when you're battling nine other opponents. Exactly. Well, Donnan, this is great, man. This is yeah, really yeah. information. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of staring at it. It is a lot of, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any particular go-to stats. Um, you know, again, turnovers would be another one, but sure. it's that throughout the year, trying to absorb that information. You know, that's um, that's where I, uh, and then you know, just overall, I'm, I'm overall, I'm usually trying to pick, you know, the underdog. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm always trying. I'm, I'm, he's, he's captain underdog. I noticed I'm that years ago. Always, I'm trying to find an angle always to take the underdog. You and Action would be best friends. You guys would be best friends. So, <laughs> well, let's 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 jump out of the share screen and let's yeah, jump into the episode up. because I think we can use some of this information um, going forward. So. Well, first of all, let's talk about last week. Uh, you know, Don and won the ATS pick. Congratulations. Uh, again. 
Um, he actually had a off a late charge. There were, you know, first of all, Schwag made a late charge late in the season, but then our buddy Frange made a huge push in the last two weeks. Like he got 11 out of 16 right in the last week, and he jumped me. Like I was in first, second all year, and I fell to fourth by the end because these guys made the charge. But uh, yeah, he he was um, like I said, I was, I was in last in week six or seven, and I was seven down. Right. He was down eight with two weeks to go. Yeah. He came at second. He got the second. Mm-hmm. He so. came within two, I think. So. Right. So, so here's the recap from week 17. Uh, this is obviously the closing numbers, what I report down. And so the, we had seven home teams and nine road teams win last week. Uh, favorites six only, and dogs nine. We had push uh, last week, at least the closing number I saw. The totals flipped over though, uh, ten overs and six unders on the week. Which has been just a kind of a roller coaster. We've talked about that on and Action. I talk all the time about it. It was kind of like <laughs> over city, then under city, and now it's it's kind of hard to predict. But um, the last couple weeks, it's been down the middle. It's a little different side of loading action. Yeah, I mean, you still had some pretty high scoring when you're talking about totals, but a lot of underdogs and pretty split for home and road. I think I read somewhere this week that this was the highest scoring season in NFL history. Yeah. So Makes sense. I don't know if you can attribute that to the lack of fans, probably to some degree, but I just think that the game of football is changing as passing and, and more passing on early downs specifically. No question. Yeah. So I just have some positives from the week. Uh, first of all, which we'll talk about later, the Ravens run game. This team has turned the corner. Obviously their schedule turned the corner, went down. But they crushed, they crushed it again, uh, 38-3 to against Cincinnati, racking up 404 yards against the Bengals, over 1,300 yards in the last, is it five games, I think it is? Um, this team is doing what they do best and run the football. Now, maybe they're beating up on some bad opponents, but this is their brand of football, and they seem healthy and running. So not sure what's going to happen in the playoffs. Good, thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the, the next one is the Bills' complete run, which I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Don, and in your presentation. The Bills have won six straight. They've also covered the spread six straight times. They crushed the Dolphins 56-26. They are in their first AFC East title since 1995. Obviously playing great. Um, I don't love their matchup. You know, a little preview for later. But um, they're definitely playing good football. Um, I'll just kind of roll through these since we had a longer presentation. The last yeah. thing is my boy King Henry. He feasted, dude. I mean, this guy, over 2,000 yards. It's a bummer that he's not going to win the MVP. One, because I have a ticket on him. But secondly, because I think the last, like, five guys who run up for 2,000 yards have won the MVP. But, you know, Rodgers pretty much has it locked up. He finished with 250 yards against against um, was it J- the Houston and uh, two touchdowns. And they, they barely won the game, though. 4138, another shootout in the SC South. But they were able to take the division crown, which... We'll see if they wanted that. They didn't try to avoid the Ravens like we thought, did they, actually? No, and one thing this just reminded me of that I picked up on this weekend, I saw a number of instance players were getting a little bit more uh, feeds, whether it be in the passing game or the running game, to try and eclipse records or sure. contract incentives. And a little nugget that I filed away for player props going into Week 17 next season. Mm-hmm. You saw not only Derrick Henry go over 2,000 yards, but – the rookie receiver Justin Jefferson for the Vikings break yep. Anquan Bolden's record, as well as several receivers that picked up reception bonuses. Antonio Brown was one of them. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, was another one. So certainly can attack those player props next year going into Week 17. 
Good call. Might be a nice pivot instead of picking against the spread. Negatives. Well, let's start. We won't talk long about this because everybody's talked about it in media for days. But Doug Peterson, first of all, he's garbage. But secondly, it just was a mystery what he did on Monday night, you know, Sunday night football, not kicking the field goal down three. Then he switches to Nate Sudfeld. Nobody knew what he was going to do that. Or he told some people, I guess, but it looked like it was a shocker to Hertz. And then they proceeded to lose the game 23-17, giving the division to the, the former Redskins, the Washington football team. Giants fans and Giants players all over Twitter were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was happy I wasn't watching that game because I would have been just pretty, I would have been pissed, you know. <laughs> like, how could you possibly do that? I don't know. It's disappointing. But, you know, it was our contest pick. So, uh, last thing is uh, the Cardinals without Murray. Now, granted, they didn't make the playoffs. So it doesn't matter. But this team was markedly different without Murray when he was kind of banged up. He was still playing. That was one of those trends you probably saw, uh, Don, in your and your picks throughout the middle of the season. And then he got healthy, but then he got hurt again on Sunday. And they could not beat uh, they could not beat the Rams in this game, despite Jared Goff being out, losing 18-7. to They lost him in the first drive of the game. They could only get 212 yards in a game. Now, granted, the Rams are a great defense, but yeah. you know they, they had their chance because the Bears obviously lost to the pack. So. Yeah. I love I big Cardinal fan, big defensive coordinator fan. What happened with the Cardinals, too, is they lost their two defensive tackles mm-hmm. for the year. So that was uh, – I couldn't quite remember if they uh, they were on IR, but I think they would they would have definitely made the playoffs with it if they kept those two guys. Yeah. yeah. This one, for me, was a live betting special because I was watching <laughs> with Melissa, who's also a big Cardinals fan, and yes. as soon as I saw Kyler limp to the locker room, I knew that both offenses were going to be in a serious struggle to score – and mm-hmm. I hit the live under several times, 42, 40, 40, 41, and 39. And they all came in, obviously, with the second half uh, scoring demise. So your that was guy, a good one Bro- for me. Your guy, Broccoli Bob, would have been very happy with you. <laughs> <laughs> Usually live bets overs, though. I know, exactly. So just to wrap up the circuit contest for us, um, we went 4-1 and one last week, so we did finish strong, thankfully. On the season, we were 44-39-2. That's 53%, 53.01%. That's for 626th place. Pretty good. We obviously wanted better. I mean, again, we were kind of in that 200, 300th range with only three, four weeks to go. So we were kind of disappointed. The winner did finish with um, 57 and 28 on the season. That's 67%. To hit the money in the top 50 was 51 and 34, which is 60%, which ironically, we talked at the beginning of the season, which we were right there early and most of the season. If we can do that next year, actually, we'll get the money. Um, the last thing was last place was 28 and 57, so about 33%, and that guy won 100 grand. So I don't know any, any thoughts, Action. I know yeah, we had a good year, pretty good year. Yeah, we got this nice hat. So <laughs> not that going for us. It was fun. I'm glad that we did it again, and I know you and I love talking football, and we could do it any week. So I enjoy that the most, and hopefully we'll get into the money next season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we I've already invited Don, and even though we'll see if he'll be able to make it out to uh, circle cool. with us next year to make the picks. Very, um, very intriguing. Uh, very intriguing. His, yeah, first, could... his first question is, do they withhold money if you win? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> well, we can always look at adding a uh, third partner into the group and uh, sure. maybe perhaps sure. go after the survivor as well. 
Oh, yeah, we were talking about doing that next year. They have a survivor contest, too, with Donna. So. Uh, okay, so the uh, let's go over some injuries, and maybe we can do this game by game with the – just kind of merge it. Um, so the Colts and Bills are the first game on the ticket here, and uh, you know, obviously they're playing at Buffalo. Let's talk about the open. I'll just jump and merge here. We're behind. So we've got – it open it, as we talked about, about seven, six and a half or so, a 52-point total. You know, I'm seeing it around that six and a half mark. It's kind of hovering in that six and a half, seven range as Donovan was kind of presenting. Fifty now to down to fifty one and a half point total. Let me just review the injuries before we start talking. Um, in this game, the injuries of note that I have, you know, action is from Indy, just so you know, Donovan. So your guy uh, Rock Yasin is out with a concussion this week, which is kind of a bummer. Um, DeForest Buckner, he actually practiced in limited fashion today, but he's key to that game, that team. And then the two Buffalo receivers, Diggs and Beasley, were both did both practice in a limited fashion. Uh, Diggs has an oblique, and uh, Beasley has a has a knee issue, but I think they'll probably both play. So, what are your opening thoughts on that uh, action? Well, I think Dunn led us right to the water there earlier when we were going through some of those stats on Pro Football Reference. And I like the Colts, and I think everything that we looked at on the screen earlier just screams that the Colts are the play in this game. Right. Despite losing Anthony Costanzo, you've seen Jonathan Taylor in that run game just go on a tear the last several weeks. And I think this adds up for a big day for Jonathan Taylor. And um, they signed a new left tackle off the streets, Jared Veldevier or something, mm-hmm. who was quite serviceable. And uh, I think that the Colts are in prime position to cover this game. Despite Buffalo covering an eight straight, they have not laid seven points except for once this season, twice if you count the Jets. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a big number for Buffalo, I think. What do you guys think? Well, I'll start first, Don, because, you know, I, I do have a question for you at the end of this. I'm all over the Colts, too. You know, I do, you know, to catch Don and up, I do an index and, and kind of similar to what you do, just kind of do it in numerical fashion look at all these different factors and these teams are dead even in the index. They're very good teams. The Colts are definitely an underrated, you know, whatever they are, seven seed or something. Uh, but I'm a little worried looking at the money though. Like when I I'm, I'm with the action in terms of the six and a half seems like too many points. And, and I'd love the Taylor angle. And I know that they're going to run the ball. I'm just worried that all the sharps are, were pounding, uh, the Buffalo, and didn't matter what the number was, was seven or six and a half. So, kick it over to you, Don, and what do you think? Yeah, my my first thought on the on the game was uh, the Colts. Like when I was looking at it, when it was seven, even at six and a half, even at six, I'm still thinking the Colts. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the the stuff about uh, DeForest uh, Buckner, the the defensive uh, you know lineman. He that, what they were saying is he's he's injured. He's been playing injured the last whatever, three or four weeks, and he's been right. killing everyone the last three or four weeks. Right. Um, but they did say that it's a, an injury that's been getting worse. So that's the only – that injury scares me a bit. But – and then the only, only other thing is I like how the Bills have started using Moss. He's been getting more carries, um, yeah. you know, towards the end of the year, trying to get a little more balance. But mm-hmm. I, I did come back again with this. I think the Bills have played some very high-energy games. Sure. You know, last week and the week after that, and now you're getting to the playoffs. I know there's not going to be a crowd there, but you got to get to that next level. So I think at this point, um, I'm still I'm, I'm to Colts most of the points at this point. We are all Colts. Woo-hoo. Yeah. 
And I did say seven earlier, but I don't see a single seven left anymore. I still like the game at six or six and a half as well. I already bet the six and a half, just FYI. Um, I would would even probably get the four. I would really have to start. Yeah. I do think that uh, Governor Cuomo rescinded and allow he's allowing like six or seven thousand fans in the stadium. So okay, okay, there will be some Bills Mafia there, but nearly not the same effect that they would have normally. No, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, the next game on the card is the Rams going to Seattle. It's a divisional matchup, NFC West battle. But in the playoffs, these guys have already played twice this year. Seattle opened as a five-point favorite at home, and a forty-three-point total. It's been bet down. I, actually, you're showing five. I'm showing like more like three and a half or three, depending on the book. Uh, still around that 43-point total. Let me go over the injuries real quick. There are some significant ones. Jared Goff missed the game last week, but he did practice in a limited fashion, and I understand McVay is not telling who's going to start to be trickery. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to miss the game, though, uh, with COVID is what I'm reading anyway, as well as Michael Brockers, the defensive end. But Andrew Whitworth is coming back, the offensive tackle, from what I saw on ESPN before the pod. On the Seattle side, Jalen Stanley, the defensive back, is out with a hamstring. And Shaquille Griffin is questionable with his hamstring. So the you know, secondary is a little bit you know, dinged up for Seattle. So do the same. Ashton, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I already played the Rams in this game, and obviously the number has come down from there, but there's still plenty of three-and-a-halves that I see on the screen. And despite Jared Goff's injury, I I did read that he's expected to play, but like you said, McVay is playing it a little close to the vest. I'm not really sure that they're going to need much of Goff in this game. I project it to be a much lower-scoring affair. I think the total's in the 42 range. And I think the key matchup for me is just those L.A. Rams secondary defenders. You've got uh, uh, Jalen, name's escaping me now, who is likely going to be on Metcalf and lock mm-hmm. him up. I think he's held oh, Jalen, under 100 Ramsey. yards. Yeah. Ramsey, yeah, Ramsey, thank you. Sure, sure. He's held Metcalf under 100 yards in both games this season. And mm-hmm. when you look back at the closing numbers for both of these games, just two weeks ago they played in Seattle, and the game closed at Seattle minus one. So. Right. Just right there, I think there's value on the Rams. Gotcha. Uh, I'll jump in. I, I did bet it at four and a half, so I got a bigger number earlier. Uh, I'm I'm with you on this one as well. Uh, it's it's always scary when we're together, Don, and we we agree. But uh, I'm on the Rams here mainly because I think they're the better team. I know that the Seattle's played better defensively of late, especially against the run, which kind of scares me a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, I. Don, I'm curious to what you have to say about your kind of blitz percentages. You didn't go over this game, but, you know, what does Seattle usually do? Do they blitz a lot? I mean, because that's our biggest fear with the Rams is Jared Goff turning the ball over. They're yeah, a great no, team. Uh, Peter uh, turns uh, ball over. No, first, first, like, I didn't do everything on this game. But my first reaction was to take uh, Rams and the points. Um, is Akers? Is he playing? He's he yeah, I think he's at, let me double check the injury report. He he believes he is gonna play. Um if he's healthy, I feel even better about it. Um and just all all year I am I am extremely impressed with the uh the defensive coordinator on the Rams. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he's a um uh you know, he's an off, offshoot of uh Vic Fangio. He was right. a linebacker's coach, so he's I I really believe in, in what he does. And uh, the, the stats that you see on Ramsey when he's playing, uh, it's pretty in- incredible. So, All right. no, I'm, uh, uh, I'm 
going towards the Rams. So action, do you think that what number would you not, would you have to get all the way down to that one, two that you saw previously in their last matchup? You still even at three, you would be, you'd be on the Rams. Well, I mean, you certainly lose a bit of value going to the three because that opens up the opportunity for a push. But uh, I would play it at three. I like the money line as well. Obviously, okay. that's come down some this week. But uh, I again, I think it's going to be lower scoring. I like the I played the first half under 21 points right now across the board, and uh, I think that the Rams defense is going to be able to carry them in this game. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't have. I didn't have him listed on the injury report, Cam uh, Akers. So I think he's playing. Um, and he might have been. What I my threshold is usually did not practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he definitely practiced, or at least in a limited fashion. Yeah, and then and the Seahawks, the Seahawks defense. You know, like people were saying how they were garbage in the. Right. They they they're they're okay. They are okay against the run, but mm-hmm. um, just again, I'm I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, where I'm not taking the points. Yeah, and yeah. I'll add to that too. Whenever Carlos Dunlap joined the team from the Bengals, you saw the yeah. pass rush play a lot better too. So, right. Seahawks defense has definitely been going upwards ever since midseason. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, the next game we've got the the Buccaneers are going to the Washington Football Team, uh, the under 500 team that made the playoffs. Uh, so let's see. That game's at night. Uh, uh, let's see, it's 7. I didn't list the time last one. So 8.15 Eastern on Saturday. Uh, Tampa opens an 8-point favorite, 46.5-point total. It's about the same, anywhere between 8.5 eight and, a half, eight and a half now, 45.5-point total. I think there are some pretty significant injuries on the Tampa side that I wanted to report this time um, You know, before we talk about it. First, they have this uh, Jeremiah Ledbetter, the defensive end, is out with a calf. Devin White is on the COVID list right now. He's not supposed to play. Mike Evans did practice with his knee on a limited fashion, but he's going to be a game-time decision. And then Carlton Davis, the cornerback, he did not practice. He, he has a groin injury. I don't have any significant injuries for Washington. Obviously, Smith has his calf issue, but he did practice and you know, so far this week. Um what do you think, Action? Well, I I don't really know what to do with this game, to be honest. I mean, uh, you have a Washington team that snuck into the playoffs with a 7-9 and nine record, yeah. and I think that their against-the-spread record was slightly worse than that, even. So um, it's a big number, though. What are you looking at? Eight and a half, nine most places now? I'm just not sure that I can bet either side in this one. I would probably lean to the Bucks, though. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm not, you're not a strong lean, but I, I'm, you know, I love Washington. We've, we've loved them a lot of this year. They won us some money. They lost us some money, but uh, I definitely like this defense. We, we've talked about that front four, you know, really five defensive linemen that can bring it. And we know that Brady against pressure from a down four has had trouble in his history. I'm not saying it's going to happen this game. So I'm probably not going to bet this game, but I definitely would lean to the eight and a half to get in the points with Washington. Um, but obviously Tampa in my index is the second best team, to be honest with you, because they closed the year so strong. So curious to hear what you have to say, Donna. Uh, when I first looked at every single um, game for the week, uh, I think it was I think it was actually minus six with the Buccaneers or minus six and a half with the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um and that was actually the first game where I said, ah, it's, maybe that's where I would take a favorite in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, then 
uh, once it started getting up to that eight, eight and a half number, um, and just as the weeks progressed and the fact that you said, you know, white is out, right? If he's not playing. That's a, that's a bigger deal. And every, and you're, you know, pretty spot on as far as with the, with the pass rush, you know, being able to get there. And I trust the hell out of Rivera to try to figure something out to get to him because you can't, you can't play zone against Brady. He'll kill you. Right. So, um, yeah, the white, white being out Davis, when, when Davis went out that, um, the, the corner, that was real. That was a big red flag for me when I was trying to decide on how to play with the, with, with the Bucks. So, I mean, at, at this point right now, I would take the Redskins plus, right. uh, eight and a half. Right, the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's go to the Sunday. I'm also wait. I just got to add. I'm fascinated about the Tom Brady angle in this game, playing mm-hmm. in prime time, which a lot sure. have been reported that it's after his bedtime, 8 p.m. <laughs> We've talked about that. And when you look back at the season, they went one and three straight up, and 0 and four against the spread in prime time. And Brady Good. has played like dog crap in every one of those games. So. He has. This would be uh, certainly a trend that would be an interesting one to play and to see if Tom Brady can bounce back this week on Saturday night. Yeah, it'll be a big game to watch. The other factor I didn't even bring up that isn't really relevant to these two teams is that I believe the last two teams that made it at seven and nine in the playoffs won the playoff game, which is weird. Um, You know, so those teams that barely got got in and made it. I think Washington's one of those teams next year I'm going to love even more because I think this young defense is going to be elite. I and mean, they're already top three or top four. They're going to be the best defense next year. So they just got to figure out an offense, and they'll be good. Um, let's go to Sunday. We've got Baltimore, uh, the leadoff game that's at 105 Eastern. They're they're going to Tennessee. Baltimore opened as a favorite uh, despite being on the road at 3.5, point total. It's still 3.5 or so. I've seen three some places. It's up to 55-point total. Uh, let's look at some of these injuries. They're not as significant in this one, although one of them is um, DJ Fluker for uh, you know for Baltimore with his t- you know the tackle with his knees questionable. Marlon Humphrey has a shoulder. He's questionable, and then uh, maybe not as relevant. Sam Sam Cook, the punter, is on the COVID list. And then Tennessee, though they they uh, lost Aaron Brewer, the guard, with for COVID. At least he's on the COVID list now. And then Dennis Kelly, the offensive tackle, has a knee issue, is questionable for the game. So action, let's lead you off here. What are you thinking in terms of this game? This is probably my uh, heaviest spot of the week. The, this mm-hmm. is a number I was waiting around for on Sunday afternoon and uh, or evening. When Bet Online posted these AFC matchups, <laughs> I don't know if it was on purpose or on accident, but they posted Baltimore at Buffalo, coincidentally, and oh. Indianapolis at Tennessee, I think it was. And hmm. Baltimore immediately took money in this fictitious matchup against <laughs> Buffalo, which I think led Bet Online and other odds makers to realize how the betters were going to be looking at the Ravens going into this week. And you've seen already. Opened at three and moved out to three and a half in a lot of spots. But I think that there's a good chance if you wait it out, you're going to see a three pop up in this game at somewhat of a reasonable juice. Because I think there's a little bit of a battle going here between the Sharps on either side, between Baltimore and Tennessee. But having said all that, I think that Baltimore is just on another level right now. This running game is really picking up with Jackson, and you finally have seen them start to use Dobbins more in the running game. So. Mm-hmm. And you could point to the last two matchups where Tennessee got them earlier this season. 
in Baltimore and then last year in the playoffs. But I think that both of those games were just strange outcomes. You had a Baltimore team who next week had like 20 plus players on COVID. So I think there's a potential that some of them were not at 100% in that matchup. And then last year in the playoffs, they had seven turnovers and um, really just beat Tennessee all around in the box score. So I think they're going to get their revenge this year, and I love laying the points with Baltimore. Okay. Would it surprise you, Action, that you follow me all season, that Baltimore is the best team in the in the WEGS index from the AFC? Wow, that is surprising. And I was surprised to see that, too. Uh, and just, Donna, and just the index is based on kind of what you're looking at, the yards for, yards against, points for, points against, turnover differential, yeah, stuff like that. Saw. Yeah, so bottom line is I'm actually, you know, I've, I've been Chiefs, you know, my Chiefs jersey's in the other room. I got the Bulls on today. I, I'm kind of considering, you know, buying low on the uh, futures for the Ravens in a Super Bowl here. Uh, I'm not saying – I'm not getting too excited. They could lose this game, but – I agree with you. They're, they seem to be turning a corner. They're an underdog, and it's really just can they stay even in a game or be ahead and not have Jackson have to drop back 50 times? Then they're going to win the game. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. I haven't put a bet in on this. I was hoping to get a three. It's still three and a half, so I'm on the Ravens. Donnan, any thoughts? Uh, did you say Humphreys is questionable? or is question? He's, he's questionable. He's questionable, and uh, Jimmy Smith is not on the injury report at all. Jimmy Smith was not on the report that I saw, but maybe I didn't look too far down. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, love it if Jimmy Smith is playing, if Humphreys is playing. I'm big, I'm big on that. Earlier this earlier this year when um, Titans beat um, the Ravens, that was one of the games where um, the big defensive tackle on the Ravens did not play. I mean, he had two He had two games where he was out. And that was one of them. And then when he came back, the Ravens have been kind of doing a lot better. Uh, William Williams. Um, okay. So Williams is in this for, in, in this game. Um, so, you know, I was talking earlier about my, my initial impression was, uh, you know, taking the Buccaneers uh, as the favorite. But this is, you know, the game where I might take the favorite. Because I don't know. I haven't dove enough into what the Titans defense has been doing. But – they haven't been doing anything. <laughs> so uh, so I, I, I hate the fact that these two teams are playing each other right now because I love them both. I love I love the offense that the Titans have. Um, sure as hell, I love the Ravens. I can't get enough of it. Um, right. But, yeah, if, if, if you were to ask me now, I would take the Ravens uh, minus three and a half. So Humphrey and Smith are both, both had limited practice today, the report updated. So Smith is – questionable but limited practice today as well as Humphrey yeah that would be me staring <laughs> if they were both playing no question but with those two I'm a little scared okay yeah I mean I don't think there's any question there's going to be points in this game between mm-hmm. Tennessee's offense and their putrid putrid defense oh, but yeah. I, I'm just not really sure that Tennessee will be able to get any stops and I think that Baltimore will and ultimately that should be the outcome agreed agreed all right, let's move to the uh, next game. This is the Bears uh, at the 440 window. Bears going to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans open as a 9.5-point favorite, 48-point total. It's up to 10 now for the for the Saints at home, and 48-point total still. You know, this is a tough one. Uh, let me check out these injuries. There aren't a lot for the Saints. It's really the Bears. Roquan Smith didn't practice today with an elbow. Jalen 
Johnson did practice in a limited fashion with his shoulder the the corner, and Buster Screen has been out for a couple weeks. He's got a concussion. He's questionable. On the New Orleans side, the only one I really noted was Nick Eason, the offensive guard, is a concussion. He's questionable. Everybody else is, you know, practiced in some fashion. And so um, what do you think, Action? I mean, obviously, you know, we're both Bears fans, uh, uh, Donna and I, but you can be merciful, merciless. <laughs> <laughs> this is one game where I actually don't have much at all. I don't have a single bet in my accounts on this one. So I'd be happy to step aside and hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I mean, my my take is that uh, 10 is a lot of points for a playoff game. I think the Bears, against better competition, have folded this year. I mean, they did it last week. They were in the game in the fourth quarter against the Packers. They were there. Then they got crushed in the end to get crushed by the spread. I don't love this game. Uh, you know, the Saints really play a, a really good uh, defensive front, and I don't like when the Bears, they're running the ball, but I don't think they're going to run the ball against the Saints. And we know what Trubisky does when he has to throw the ball too many times. So 10 is just a big number to lay. I, I probably will stay away, but I definitely would lean to the Saints, not necessarily the Bears. What do you say, Donnan, the beloved? Well, I think, you know, throughout time, I've not really thought rationally about any fair game. <laughs> and uh, throughout ATS, I have never not taken the Bears plus the points or minus the Wait, points. what's your shirt say? What does your shirt say? <laughs> Oh, okay. So there we go. Um, I'm not quite sure what year this is from, but uh, uh, there's a there's you can get to you can get to breeze, knock them down, get the ball out, get some turnovers, maybe do something different. Now that you know that Roquan's out, maybe send a little bit more pressure. So I'm taking the Bears. Of course you are. Hey, we all have our we all have our weak spots, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to the last game of the NFL playoff wild card weekend at the really the late game, the 8:15 Eastern spot. It's Cleveland against uh, Pittsburgh. You know, rivalry matchup. They played last week. Cleveland beat them for the first time in centuries. Uh, but Pittsburgh is at home. They are three. They open as three and a half point favorites, and a 47 point total. We're showing it up to five. Uh, Five-point favorites at home, anywhere between four and five, 47-point total. There are some injuries of note and some coaching issues of note. Uh, Cleveland has really most of them. Uh, Olivier Vernon, uh, defensive end, he tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. Nick Harris, the center, his knee injury took him out for the year. Uh, Ronnie Harrison has COVID. And then, of course, Kevin Stefanski also has COVID, right? Is that what we're reading here? And he's going to be able to... So what does this note? It says he has up to 90 minutes before the game with the team, even though he has COVID. Yeah, virtually, of course. I don't think that they're going to be in the same room. <laughs> face to face. <laughs> so the this other is... ones for, for Pittsburgh, uh, Joe Hayden is, is on the COVID list as well for the for the Steelers. Uh, so he'll be out. Vince Williams, the linebacker, he is a questionable tag with his quad. And uh, the defensive lineman Tyson Alualu, uh, the nose tackle, is also questionable with an ankle. But I also saw Juju Smith-Schuster pop up today with a questionable tag with a knee. He was not on the report earlier today. So what do you what do you think, Action, in this game? I mean, this is just classic Cleveland Browns, right? They make the playoffs yeah. for the first time in 20 years, and then their coach gets COVID and he can't be there. <laughs> And I, I really think this is a huge loss. Before last Friday night, I was kind of not really uh, of the opinion that these coaches not being around were impactful. But it was clear to me that Clemson offensive coordinator 
not being in the building was very impactful once Ohio State's defense made adjustments. And Kevin Stefanski has been like the entire play caller for the Browns all season long. And I think they're really going to miss him this weekend. And uh, even before that, I was really liking Steelers. Um, They, we, you and I have really dogged on them the last couple of weeks because of the decline in the offense, but something Mm -hmm. really clicked with them in the locker room of the halftime of the Colts game. And Ben Roethlisberger started calling plays Mm -hmm. and, uh, you saw last week that the backups led by Mason Rudolph hung with this Browns team. So I have no doubt that Pittsburgh will be able to win and cover this number again. And if there are five still available in Illinois, I might have to uh, send a wire because <laughs> I only see sixes here. Yeah, it's six. It's six at Rivers right okay. now. So okay. sorry, buddy. But if it goes down, all right, send me, send me a yeah, send me a whatever. Uh, a Venmo or something. Not, not a liar. Um, that was a joke. I think that's illegal. <laughs> exactly. Send you a send you a money gram. Um, yeah, I think I think Pittsburgh's gonna smash. I, honestly, and it's hard. It's kind of like a it's a narrative angle. It is not a handicap based on numbers. They are better in the index. Actually, to be honest with you, Cleveland is not very good in the index. It's kind of surprising because they had a really good year and they've been able to run the football and so on, but. They're actually the second worst team to the Bears in the index, and I, I'm I'm I guess I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's uh, turnovers or defense, but but either way, the Steelers they just got to get right. Uh, now I, I don't know. It's it's a divisional game, so you know, that usually works against us when we get this big number. But I think the Steelers are gonna show them who's boss this week after last week's loss, even though it was a close one. Any thoughts, on him? Yeah, it, the corner on the Browns, uh, War is he out? Let me double check his his thing. He had he, COVID. I, he had COVID last week, but I got the impression that he would be cleared in time for this one. Okay, yeah. he, he had been, he had been out for a long time, and they had that been the same without him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had thought that he was gonna be out. Okay, I got um, Denzel Ward illness COVID, so he right now he's still on the COVID list. It just it came out on Sunday, so I don't know if he has enough time to clear it. Uh, sometimes with this COVID protocol, it's confusing, but yeah, it's likely well, he'll miss the game. Yeah, Brown, Browns have been kind of on that. They're, I thought their defense would be okay. They really have been okay. They haven't been on a terrible slide like the Titans, but I just haven't been liking their defense as much, especially without work. Um, Steelers, I think, just took a – they were worn out. They played all those games all back-to-back. They, I think they had a big sigh of relief once they came back and beat the Colts, and now they're believing in themselves and knowing they can do it. So at this, yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm not, I'm not high on the Browns. Right. Gotcha. So I'm taking. I'd probably go Steelers there. All right. There's a there's a favorite. We got a favorite. These guys love. I thought you guys loved underdogs. What's the deal here? Um. <laughs> I've done research. I haven't talked myself into the underdog yet. Well, let's Plenty review. Uh, yeah. Exactly. We've got some best bets listed so far. Uh, I mean, Colts plus six and a half at Buffalo. Rams, it's not four and a half anymore, but even at three and a half at Seattle. I won't put Washington, even though that's mine. And then it sounds like Baltimore is the one we like the best in the favorites, but it sounds like we're getting behind the Steelers too. So were there any totals action that you wanted to point out? You were talking a little bit about the Titans-Ravens um, game. You like the yeah. over in that one? Uh, that number is a little too high for my blood, 55, but I do like the first half under and the LA Rams and Seahawks game. 
And mm-hmm. another one that I'm interested in is Indianapolis and Buffalo. I think the mm-hmm. latest I saw was 51, which is a very key number in the NFL. And that's yep. one where I also want to check the weather being on the lake in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, in general, for me, the playoffs, it's all unders. I'm an under guy in the playoffs. I go switch to full under, and it usually works out pretty good. But some of these games could be high scoring. Usually the wild card weekend could be literally wild. There could be a lot of points scored. So. Mm-hmm. Well, let's and jump also, ahead. Also, before we jump off, I mean, you've seen a lot of upsets in this round in years oh, yeah. past, too. So if you like some of these dogs, I don't think there would be anything wrong with sprinkling a little bit on the money line as well. We'll sprinkle. We'll sprinkle. I like the sprinkles. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit of our last topic on the uh, football championship in college. Uh, we've got a great matchup with Alabama against Ohio State. Ohio State did surprise, quote unquote. Even we talked about it off air. Actually, I tried to talk you off Clemson. Um, <laughs> Bama is an eight-point favorite, and the total is 74-and-a-half. I've seen it maybe even at 75-and-a-half. You've listed Justin Fields has a rib issue, which he left the game at one point in, at, in that, and then Jalen Waddle may return in a limited role. So where are you leaning in this game, actually? I don't really know what to do about the side. I mean, obviously, Alabama has been a juggernaut this season, just 100% record, mm-hmm. winning the games and against the spread. I think even all of the first halves as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, their offense is not going to be stopped in this game. I know that's for sure, especially with that Ohio right. State defense. My handicap last week really had to do with that Ohio State secondary after Michael Penix and in Indiana put up a boatload of yards on them. I had every expectation that a good passing offense could do the same, and uh, Trevor Lawrence just didn't have it last week. So I expect that Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and company will be able to score in pretty much every possession. And mm-hmm. the question for me is whether or not Justin Fields and his offense can keep up. Right. Well, my surprise in the game last week was that Ohio State stuffed ATN. They they really played great against the run. They chose we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna make. Lawrence beat us and he couldn't do it. Um, I don't think, you know, Jones is all that great. It's just that the receivers are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so agree with you. It's probably going to be a high scoring game. Eight is a weird number. I, I was hoping it'd be a little more actually, <laughs> but I guess they played such a good, good game last week. I, I mean, I'd probably go with the dog here on the points, but I don't know. This may be a good live spot. Uh, just to see how it plays out. And it looks like you like the first half over. Yeah, I specifically think that the first half is going to be ripe for a lot more scoring. Um, Alabama always puts up points in the first half, and assuming that Ohio State will be able to carry the torch as well, at least for some portion of the game, I think that the 37.5 right now as it currently sits is a much better play than the full game total because – I believe there is some game states where Alabama could get a hefty lead and really just look to sit out on it in the second half. Sure, sure. Any thoughts, Don? And I know you're probably not a college guy, but uh... I, I, I pay attention. Like, um, how many? Like, uh, he had some inter- the Ohio State quarterback had some interceptions against Indiana, didn't he? He had like yeah. three picks against them. That's he, he, you know, I, I watched the whole Northwestern Ohio State game. He struggled against that. Um, and if and then if he's got the injury in there. Um, no, I, you said the line is eight, eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would be all over Alabama. I read somewhere it was Alabama. There were 30 yards in a cloud and dust. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They, they're, well, yeah. They're, uh, plus you give Saban a little extra time. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I would take the L down. Yeah. Roll Tide. I, I think, Wags, you're onto something. A live bet might be a good plan for this game. You've got a, such a high total. You have got to imagine there's going to be a lot of touchdowns and very little field goals. So mm-hmm. the uh, trading in this game could go back and forth quite dramatically, and you might be able to find yourself on some good sides on both sides of this game. Right. Absolutely. You heard it here. Well, first, I want to I want to thank Donnan for for sharing his method. I try not to steal it next year to beat you, but you know, I'm trying every year. Um, but no, thanks for joining us. It was great yeah. to have you. And very um, very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I mean, you know, I use that site end of year to get some stats. I didn't even think about it to use you know all those advanced stats. So we'll definitely do, use that and yeah. hopefully you know some of that. I know Action uses some of the you know the money and the you know the bet volume when we make some final picks for our contest. But I don't. I like that kind of graphic that you were showing us uh, on that uh, Vegas Insider site. Yeah, that's that I've been looking at for years. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and watching. Uh, we'll have like three new viewers with uh, Don and on. Um, you know, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at uh, Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts. All right, everybody, enjoy a wild card weekend. It should be a fun one, and uh, hopefully, uh, win some cash. Yeah, Good thanks luck, again. Guys. Thanks again, Don, for coming on. That was excellent. Thank you. Glad I, glad I could be here. Good luck making money. <laughs> All right. Later. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.